This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Jazzed About Work. I'm Tom Hodson, guest hosting today and talking with Beverly Jones. Bev is the usual host of this podcast, but sometimes we like to turn the tables on her and get the benefit of her expertise. Bev also is the author of the career success book, Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. This time, we're continuing a discussion started in the last episode about how to plan a portfolio career as an alternative to retirement. Today, we talk about using mind mapping as a planning tool. Bev, last time we talked, I gave you a challenge. And the challenge was the next time that I got a chance to host your show and interview you, I was going to have you describe mind mapping, which is a total visual experience in a way through audio that people can understand it. Are you up for the challenge? I am up for the challenge, although I think it is um, sort of daunting of you to present me with that challenge. (laughs) Nevertheless, we have a long history of challenging each other, and so I'm going to do my best. Okay, so let's start off for our listeners talking what mind mapping really is as a concept. Because, okay, the the cynical part of me, the, the, the skeptic, we decided last time I'm a skeptic, not a cynic. The skeptic part of me goes, okay, mind mapping sounds like an astrological chart, and I'm going to be looking at my zodiac horoscope. Uh, But you're telling me that's not true. That's right. Now, (laughs) I've used mind mapping myself for many, many years, and I found it very useful. And I found it useful for clients. But let me tell you that I am not a neuroscientist. And I know that some of the things I've read about why mind mapping works have evolved over the years. And so I I can't give you a guarantee um, that the science about mind mapping is clear yet. But But what is it? Well, basically – People like you and me who've okay. been trained as lawyers and very linear thinkers. Linear thinkers. A to B to C to on through. We try to put life in an outline. And that makes us even more um, challenged when we're dealing with something messy like what to do with the rest of my life, or I just took on this huge job and I don't understand it all. Linear thinking from A to B to C, one, two, three, doesn't work very well when you're trying to get your mind around something very complicated. And what you want is to use the full power of your brain. And one of the things the brain is so great at is making connections between things that aren't in a line, that you've learned one thing in this part of your life and you have another experience in another part of your life, the brain is able to make connections, to look at things widely. And some of it happens during your unconscious hours when you're sleeping. Your brain is still working on these things. So part of the science, the proponents of mind mapping say, is that this jumping around, this looking at two things at once, this 
using images to spark memory. That's how the brain works. And mind mapping, which is ancient, it goes back you know, mm-hmm. for generations and centuries. But the recent interest in mind mapping is partly because it relates more closely to how um, your brain works than a very narrow linear outline. The, another part about it that matters is that a picture really is worth a thousand words. We tend to remember images much more easily and clearly. And some people are total visual learners. Absolutely. And so if you take a if you make a diagram, and then particularly if you use cartoons, which I know you could do because yeah. one of your many things <laughs> is being a cartoonist, if you use images, icons, if you use colors and arrows, if you create a, a visually interesting map and you put a whole problem on one page with an image, you can glance at that image. And then when you feel off course, you glance at the image again. And in a second, you can bring back the big picture at a it, time. It's a prompt it's then a prompt. For, for, your, for your mind. It's a way um, to help you remember that you know this thing has eight parts and they're this and you can do it in an instant and, and instead of having to go through it in words. So I think that's also very useful. So help me out now and help our listeners out. Uh, we've determined it's not linear. It's not A to B to C. And uh, the other image that comes to mind is diagramming a sentence. Back in the old days where we used to do that and – divide all of the parts of a sentence, that still was sort of linear. That's linear. And what, okay. we're, what we're doing is looking at something that's not a rigid structure. It's more a flowing structure. If you go back and look at kind of ancient um, diagrams that were uh, like mind maps, they used to be trees. So you'd have a branch and then you'd have trees branches, and then they'd open up. And so the trunk was the core, and then you'd see these branching um, um, side pieces with looking at all of the main parts of the topic. But now when we're talking about mind mapping, we normally mean something that looks more like a hub and spokes diagram. So in the center of the diagram, Diagram's even a fancy word for it. It's really kind of a drawing of what you're trying to describe. But in the center of the page, you put an initial or a word or an icon that represents the thing that you're going to diagram about. When we talked last time, we were talking about hypothetically, if you were thinking about a post-retirement career, what would you do? And so we used just the initial T in the center of our diagram. Well, before we get to that, let me just ask, can I have in my life more than one mind map? Can I have a mind map for my work, and I use that broadly defined, or and can I have a mind map for my personal life, or are they all combined into one? You can have as many mind maps as you want, and okay. they're very – it's a – it's a useful technique, and it's a way, actually, I, I find it a helpful way even of taking notes. So let's say I'm um, working with a, a new client, or maybe I'm on a conference call and I have a group at the other end of the call, and I'm asking questions, and 
sort of leading the conversation, at the end I want to be able to summarize that this is where we are and this is what the, the things that you might think about until next time. Rather than try to take notes of everything and then do an outline at the end or something like that, what I might do as the conversation goes on, because I'm on the phone where a headset at my sure. desk, is I will do a map as we're talking. You know, I'll, I'll label the thing we're talking about, and then I'll do different branches, and, um, and I'll kind of have it all done. And so maybe we finish that topic or we finish the call. I, I say, let me just reiterate, these are the things we focused on, and these are the, 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 the five critical things we talk about. And I can just um, talk through my diagram, and, you know, to the people at the other side, it's, sometimes it's, They'll make a comment like, I don't know how you kept track of all that. Well, I just did it as I went along. That's a, that's a very efficient way. So once you get the hang of this kind of note-taking, it can be really useful. And you can use it. You can have 100 mind maps. Okay. So good. I'm not limited to just one. No. So let's get back to my hypothetical situation, okay. if and when I would ever choose to retire. Uh Okay, so we've got this hub, we've got my icon, we've got a T in the middle for Tom. And so at this point, my mind starts racing. You know, I've had a multifaceted career. I've done a lot of different things from being a trial lawyer to being a judge to being a judicial educator to being a undergraduate educator to being a journalism professor to being a journalism director to to doing podcasting uh, and running WOUB uh, for a number of years. So so I've got all of these things and then I've got private interests of learning jazz piano from from scratch uh, uh, cartooning uh, dealing with uh, retro furniture and design. Uh, all of these things sort of uh, are embodied in my brain. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking that if I ever get to retirement, I want to dabble in all of those things. I don't want to eliminate something necessarily. Exactly. And so part of what you're trying to do is identify and organize these things in a way so that you can make choices among them, you can get back to them. And the mind map is a good way to begin. So let's okay. Let's imagine we've got your blank page there. The got time is in the, in the middle. middle. Right. Now, one of the things that I like about the mapping process, particularly for people like you and me who've had jobs that required lots of words and we can talk long. Right is it forces us to just be brief and come up with a label. So one of the tricks in creating a map is you use very few words. I'm and, making note of this. Uh, yes, <laughs> use very few words, and it helps you to crystallize your thinking. So you lay out your paper, and you start doing branching diagrams. And if much as possible, you give um, each branch that comes out of that center icon, you give it one word. So perhaps um, one word might be, just looking at your career, it might be production, meaning media production. Another word might be judge, because you have 
many activities that are professional activities related to educating judges. And I can still have those. That's right. Um, Perhaps you have just one branch that says arts. Based on what you were saying, you're interested in um, kinds of interior design. You're interested in music. You're interested in cartooning. So maybe arts would be the thing. I know uh, family, even though this is your career, I think as we get into, as we get older, and particularly in post-structured um, career, a lot of things other than earning money are important. So maybe you have one that says family. Maybe you have Grandchildren one Grandchildren and so forth. Yeah. The, you know, the family. Absolutely. Yeah, right. and, or your other social life or nonprofits. I don't know which... Um, ways you're going to combine things, but the trick, and this is forcing you to do it, to put things into kind of categories. It's like putting into buckets of things to get back to. Okay. So let's say um, you had one named arts, just because that's an easy one to, to talk about, because you mentioned some distinctive arts. What you'd do is you'd break your arts branch into three or four sub-branches. Maybe you're talking about um, um, home design, uh, visual arts, music. And then each of those could be divided into things you want to do about it because this is your career map. So that's probably about as much as you can get on a page. But that brings me to another point. A lot of people use this in business. Uh, they use software because your branches can go quite a long way. Okay. The What I've read and what I find for myself is that everything flows better if you're drawing. It has something to do with the relationship between your hand and your brain. It's like if I take notes, if I were uh, – presiding over a trial, if I took notes, I would embody the testimony better than if I did not. Exactly. And so... Even though I have a transcript available. Exactly. It, it, It seems to be the same thing, that by doing the drawing, you're engaging in a more rich way than if you were, um, Using a using software, but there's great free software available. If you go to Wikipedia and look at FreeMind, not everybody wants to draw, so that you can get free software to do this. But um, you kind of go as far as you can go. Now, with clients, sometimes I get big paper and I um, pull out colored like big poster paper, yeah, or, or big butcher paper, yeah, or or at least you know um, instead of Eight and a half by eleven, eleven by oh, sixteen, right. or, or I get something that is big poster paper that you can make in a stroll because it's kind of fun, and I get lots of colored pens, uh, pencils, whatever, and somehow you tend to remember things more if you use color. At least I do, and and many people do. So that's interesting. So say you. Um, looked at your map, you decided you were going to um, have colors for certain kinds of activity, that any activity that you intended to engage in where one of the goals would be making money, that branch was going to be green, <laughs> something like <laughs> okay, that. gotcha. Uh, and um, I, when I do this, I tend to use um, purple 
for relationships or spirituality or you know things that are emotional. So that might be purple might be my relationship line if I were doing it. Then um, anything um, if you're doing things that relate to emotion. Some people like to use red because it's a heart color. The meaning is something that you come up with, but that is an option is to to use colors there. And if you look online. If you want to find more about it, you can find wonderful visual mind maps where people have actually done little cartoons. They're not even using words. One of my favorite mind maps ever was a, a client who was making a lot of changes in his life. He had been a person who didn't engage in fitness. Um, he was changing his activities. Um, he was changing his exercise. He was changing his eating. He was changing um, the, the amount of time he was going to devote to his wife, a lot of things like that. The one I remember, um, the icon he did for each of these was memorable to him. The one I remember the most was a triangle for exercise, and he explained to me that one of his goals was to be able to ride up bikes up mountains, and so the triangle was a mountain. So he came up with a little sign for each of those things. And then he asked his wife to be supportive, and she was very supportive. And he got those icons, and eventually over time, he found a little gold charm, including a little triangle for the mountains. And he made her a charm bracelet <laughs> to thank Great. her for helping him stay um you know, on course, and uh, so it, he had this very visual reminder. So I thought that was a wonderful way it's, of being it's, visual. It is in some ways an accountability measure as well. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Masters in Public Administration or environmental studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. Now, one of the things that, that I, I need to get your advice on is that if I start off doing one of these, I am ponderous. I mean, I take forever because I think all the variables, I overthink things, I just, you know, uh, I just do. <laughs> but but I know you're you're into doing this quickly and and just going with the moment. Yes, and I think that there's even some research about it that if you quickly lay out the things that matter or you spend two days on it, there won't be a lot of difference, but you might come closer to 
where you really want to be if you do it quickly. It's like top of the mind. You can always change it later, but with clients, what I often do is say at the beginning of a discussion, say, this is just a rough chart. We can always go back. But I'll ask him to spend 15 minutes. You know, here, here are the colored pencils. Here's the paper. I'm going to um, step away for a minute. Why don't you do a map? And almost always, the maps turn into something that they can use for a while. I mean, and again, this is not something for everybody. Not everybody likes the approach as much as I do, and I don't use it for everything. But if it works, it really works. So it's worth 15 minutes to try. Okay. So do it quickly. Um, I also uh, um, l- <laughs> I've got to characterize this somehow. I'm not Eeyore. Uh, I uh, am not a cynic. I am not a fatalist. But Something like this doesn't sound fun to me. It, it sounds like it's uh, work. Uh, it's and I I do understand the research behind it, so I want to get there. But getting there, I would I think plod a little bit and well, and not have much fun. Let me ask a question because fun is part of it. I mean, it's it, it should be fun. You aren't going to use it. Um, for your life, if you if you don't find it kind of enjoyable, because what happens is you overthink it, and then you're you know right yeah, back to right work. Back to but let me ask you this question: okay. I know that you enjoy drawing cartoons, right? And you do it for fun. Yes. Tell me why it's fun for you. It takes me to a place uh, different than where I am, uh, both mentally and 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 um, emotionally. Uh, if I'm down about something, if I've had a bad day, if I'm worried about something, if I'm analyzing something, I've got a problem, it takes me to a place that clears my mind. Okay, so this is a bit the same. It's not that you're writing something that has nothing to do with you, which you might with a cartoon. Yeah, right. But you're getting distance. You're stepping away. You're kind of putting down the burden, and you're stepping to another position, and you're looking back. And then you maybe are even having fun when you do it. I think what people who describe the process say for color and so forth, it makes more memorable. It triggers ideas. I think one reason to do it is just that it's fun. You know, I like I like the color part. So all of a sudden, you have a something that's you know like being a kid again you're you're taking something and you're creating um a a, a colorful um drawing and and so think of it as drawing rather than okay an analytical diagram think of it as, as t- think of it as fun as instead of as a task right? exactly <laughs> so so have some fun with it and and you don't have to show it to anybody else you can draw um icons that are ridiculous, that are silly, that are caricatures, that are self-mockery, although I'd rather be more positive than that. <laughs> but you could, you, could, you could do whatever that you might find amusing. And so if it's fun and you're kind of going with the flow, I mean, that's where sort of the, the power and the magic is okay. with this kind of mapping. Once you do it, and it's ingrained and, and imprinted on your brain, the, the mapping part. 
what do you do with it? I know you mentioned the other day just casually that that you have one or two that you pull out occasionally. And, and So what do you do with it? I use it to jumpstart activity for each of these fields. I use it as the start of something that's not as linear as a to-do list but has the same purpose. So so I'm going to change my life a little bit. And um, maybe almost always when I change my life, there's an exercise component. You know, I'm going to do something <laughs> right. different there. It's, so what I do is I take each of the branches, and I then I go to lists or charts, something like that, because keeping track of things is how you sure. make change. Sure. So um, – Say I'm exercises one, and I want to walk more, more steps, and I can track my steps. I do track my steps with my Apple Watch. So maybe what I do is I create a new log, and every day I'm going to take some steps, and maybe I'm going to go um, you know, do, have other exercise goals in, on that branch. So I come up with, um, say, a month-long program for that branch, and I log, and I do a little something every day. The secret to change, you know, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. too. For me, very often, it's not like one sweeping thing in one day. It's having a, a new direction you want to go. And even if you don't know the map from here to there, you know the first thing to do. And you can see the first month, or you can see the first effort. So I start doing an initial effort for something. Or maybe... Um, Maybe it's not even that organized. Very often, if you want to create change in your life, networking is part of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe I will have a networking um, branch, and I'll have it broken into a couple of different categories or maybe three different categories, and I'll give myself an assignment. For each of these little sub-branches, I'm going to do three things every week. And then, and, and they're not linear in the sense that one leads to the other. One might be calling an old friend. One might be updating my LinkedIn profile. One might be making a bigger effort at an event I have to go to. But I, for each of the branches, I just promise myself I'm going to do three things a week, say, and then I log those. So the map is a map of activities you're going to take, but you can't organize it into into an old-fashioned outline because it's going to take you to different places. Each little thing you do might trigger another thing. So what you're doing is committing yourself to some activity, and you're organizing that activity in, in certain buckets. Each of the branches a bucket, as we talked about. Does that make sense? It does. And, and so... I want to just clarify for myself and I hope our, our listeners. If I've got this hub and I've got, oh, you know, 20 spokes coming out of this That's hub. That's a lot of spokes. Okay, 10 spokes yes. coming out because uh, I get 10 different buckets that I've got things in. I don't have to do something on every spoke and every bucket. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's it's not a command performance that you must do all of these things. No, it's really a way of keeping track. When we're, Now we're talking about career. I mean, there are right. a lot of different ways to do a mind map or a lot of different topics. But 
it may be that you do your map and you see that um, things are going really well in one area. You know, I'm, I'm having um, really a lot of activity related to the arts, and I'm not even going to give myself any assignment of that. I'm just going to remember that it's one of my critical interests. And so when I'm thinking about the future, I'm not going to forget about it, and I'm not going to harass myself if I'm spending time on that, because I've already identified it as one of the things that really matter to me. But when I look at this, I see that where I need to make some progress if I'm starting a new career is that it's time for me to build my social media brand. And um, there's just no action there, I think. I need to start going. And so what I say is, all right, I'm going to make a conscious choice that for the first month, I'm not going to worry too much about these. If an opportunity comes along, I'll remind myself, oh, that's one of my branches, and I'll do something. But where I'm going to put my effort is over here. I'm going to use that as the way to to kind of generate some new activity. What part of the power of this, because you can remember all of the branches, is that if you glance at this in the morning and somebody comes along and asks you to go to an event and you don't really want to go, but you remember, oh, that's a branch. You know, I'm supposed to be aware of the branch. I should go to this event. So what I find is that just keeping track of what the branches are, suddenly you're viewing your life in a different way. You're remembering all the things that are important to you as you're building a new career. So you're not giving yourself assignments for most of these at any one time, but you're finding a way to hold some goals and values in your consciousness, and that's helping you to make choices throughout the day. Last area I want to talk about, and it it may be evident, but I want to make sure that that people understand. We've been using me as a hypothetical example. This is not just for old people going into retirement. You do this for young people starting careers, mid-careers, all through their professional lifetime, correct? Yes. I think this is actually a great way for people who are just starting out their career, and they don't know what a career is. But they know what what they're interested in. Right. And so one of the things that helps you do is recognize that things that you don't think of them as being career because you think of early on you think you have a job and then you have your life. It takes a while to get a sense of how integrated they are. So if somebody's kind of early in their professional life and you talk this through from them, it helps them to recognize that all the people they meet – are going to have a tremendous impact on the course of their careers. So when they're thinking career, relationships should be in the map. The way they take care of themselves, whether it's getting enough sleep or um, whatever it is, that's part of your career. All of the things that are going to have some impact on your ability to be productive and, and find meaning in your work, that can go on your career map. So it's a great way to help anybody, including very new professionals, shift their thinking and having a more um, 
inclusive view of what their career is all about. Uh, uh, more of a balance. Yes, instead exactly. Instead of one thing right. taking over, whatever that one yeah, thing it's not, might be. Your career isn't just the job you happen to have. It's the big picture. And a mind map is a great way to show a big picture. Okay, Bev, you did it. Uh, you you uh, you came up to the challenge, and you described mind mapping without a visual prompt. Congratulations. Well, I, I, I hope that some of our listeners are able to see with their minds what I see in my mind, but I encourage them to look at some of the beautiful images online if they want a next step in, in learning how to do this. All right. Thanks, as always, Biff. Thank you. Today, we've been talking with career counselor, executive coach, and author Beverly Jones about mind mapping and how to plan for an alternative career at retirement. Jazzed About Work is produced by WWB Public Media. Adam Rich is our co-producer. I'm your guest host, Tom Hudson. Please subscribe to Jazzed About Work. You can do that at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, NPR One, or at the NPR Podcast Directory. You may also listen to past episodes at our website, woub.org slash listen. Thank you.